this week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts of Beer, we're discussing our favorite biopics. Hello and welcome to a delightful mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And this week, hot off the heels of last week's episode, where we discussed Ip Man, a uh, biopic in some way of Ip Man, the uh, famous Wing Chun uh, martial arts master. This week, we'll be discussing our favorite biopics, biopics, however you want to pronounce it. Biographical pictures. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Them biographical pictures, kid. Come on down to the Nickelodeon. (laughs) Put a nickel in and watch the latest uh, picture about W.C. Fields. Sitting on a lady today. <laughs> yeah. Accused. 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 Alleged. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to go around the horn. We're going to discuss our favorite biopics. Patrick, we'll start with you. What is your favorite biopic? I am going with 1995 Mel Gibson's Braveheart. Oh, no! Boy. Outside during the break, you said specifically <laughs> to stop you from doing that. And it is... Not even kind of historically accurate. <laughs> it doesn't even attempt to be kind of historically accurate. Ah, oh, the king didn't throw all those people out of windows? <laughs> I, well, maybe, actually. I don't know about long checks. He was a the, tough guy. The Scottish army didn't just, like, show their butts to people? <laughs> right. And uh, that, that, prince, that French princess that he bangs is, like, 13 and not in England before William Wallace dies. Oh. Yeah, so, like, none of it even kind of happened. But what did happen in Braveheart is that crazy Mel Gibson actually paid hundreds of extras to fight. That's true. And it is the last time before CGI will overtake the huge battle sequences that you will get hundreds of extras paid to whack each other with sticks. And it (laughs) is glorious. Those epic battle scenes, for my money, still are some of the best epic battle scenes in movie history. I have not seen Braveheart since <clears throat> its initial uh, uh, like theatrical run. Sure. So I was uh, what thirteen or whatever at the time sure. when it came yeah, out. The perfect age for Braveheart. It was yeah. The, yeah. Honestly, what's weird is like my memory of it is like this like. Oh, it's this big crazy action movie with all these cool swords and like these big battles. Yeah, you forget that it's like three hours long. Yeah, and that's the thing it's is like, like three, three and if half I hours. tried to watch it right now, I would have to take multiple breaks. Yeah. <laughs> like I would have to be like, I gotta pause this for a minute to go like like eat a meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hugely long. Yeah. Fucking Mel Gibson. What an oh, asshole. Yeah. Huge man, like that. What's the, the South Park joke? The guy knows story structure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though, of the of the kind of like mid-90s, though. You had Titanic. You had Braveheart. It was the era of like the long movies. Yeah. Right. Well, if you were going to win an Oscar, your movie had to go on two VHSs. That's true. That's right. Yeah. yeah. There's no other way to do it. Um... God, Braveheart was one of the was definitely double a two, VHS. Definitely yeah. two VHSs, yeah. No question. Yeah, I remember if you wanted to rent it from Blockbuster, they had to basically like rubber band inside yep. the spines of those mm-hmm. two big clamshells. <laughs> Lord of the Rings was the last like double VHS. Because yeah, Lord of the Rings came out on, I think Just Fellowship came out on VHS. Because right. yeah. I remember that uh, Phantom Menace was the last Star Wars to have a VHS release. Right. Okay. And that was 99-2000. So it's right around the right time. Fellowship would have been 2001-ish. Yeah. I have very vivid memories of like two years after that 
going to deals the sure. everything is under five dollars store. Oh yeah, and ha- them having like a rack of like hundreds of Fellowship of the Ring <laughs> VHS sets. Oh, sure. you could easily sell those VHS sets for like fifty or sixty bucks these days. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a weird fucking VHS resurgence. I know. Probably from people misunderstanding Greg Turkington's uh, video archive bit that he does on On Cinema, <laughs> where he has the world's largest archive of VHS videotapes. <laughs> Slowly degrading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only VHS cassette I think I still have somewhere is my gently used copy of The Burbs. <laughs> nice! <laughs> All copies of The Burbs Burb. were gently used. <laughs> Uh, mm. I might have a copy of Witches of Eastwick, maybe, as well. Nice. <laughs> I know somewhere I've got the VHSs of the pre-special edition Star Wars. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I also have a VHS cassette of when I went to New York in high school and I did the Conan's Wild Ride green screen thing. <laughs> nice. Nice. I think I'm the only two, the only movies I had on VHS that were like our movies, me and my brothers, were TMNT. Hell yeah. And uh, the first Batman. Oh, yeah. Batman. That was a great yeah. one. Yeah, I remember having all four of the Batmans on VHS at one point. Mm. And then just like, during summer break, just like, which Batman movie am I in the mood for today? (laughs) I'm not quite feeling silly enough for Batman and Robin, but I don't think I really have the patience to sit down for Batman Returns. I should split the difference and watch Batman Forever, the worst Batman movie. Ooh, I don't know. That's rough. Here's the thing, though. Batman Forever still has one foot in Burton, one foot in Schumacher, so nobody's happy. Batman and Robin is at least fucking, like, what were they thinking, you know? I I always get this confused. Which one is Clooney and which one is Kilmer? Uh, Kilmer is Forever. Clooney is Batman and Robin. Oh, man, yeah. Forever's the worst. Yeah, Batman and Robin is... Is a straight up like Batman sixty six Adam a West big, movie. Weird, campy comedy with neon lights everywhere yeah. that is just like literally every line of dialogue that Arnold Schwarzenegger has is an ice pun. Yes. yes. Batman has a credit card that is his own credit card. It's a yes, Batman the Bat credit card. Bat credit card. Which means that he goes to places and pays and they're like, Yes, Mr. Batman, thank you for buying this big <laughs> Your line of yeah. credit. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing, like an early fucking nostalgia critic video that got real big was him saying like, Batman credit card, that's real, and it's just like, yeah, it's a a joke, dude. (laughs) Like it's fucking clearly a joke. They do a cash register opening sound effect when he pulls it out of his bat wallet, and he literally says, never leave the cave without it. Like... It's a goof, my man. <laughs> that whole movie is nothing but goofs. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing is, but like Batman Forever, again, it's it's still trying to have that like serious edge to it, where he keeps having those flashbacks to the bat in the the time he like fell in the cave and right. the bat scared him. But like Batman and Robin is just fucking. Although Batman Forever does have hands down the best Batman movie character in history, which is the scared bank cop in the vat yes. of acid. <laughs> it's boiling acid! <laughs> My glasses! Uh, so anyways, Patrick Braveheart. Braveheart. Well done, okay. John, favorite biopic? Batman and Robin! <laughs> <laughs> I uh, know, my serious answer is also very stupid. Walk hard! <laughs> the Dewey Cox story. I like it. 
I, I have very little patience for biographical pictures. I, I think that my genuine answer is kind of Citizen Kane. Sure. But, like, the, Walk Hard is such an absolute perfect encapsulation of why I hate straight-ahead biography movies. That it, I, I, it's ruined them for me. Oh, because sure. it's so perfectly crystallized the just bullshit of those movies. <laughs> yeah, like it takes it takes like Coal Miner's Daughter and Ray and Walk of the Line and like just like uses that framework to be in essence a like a narrative sketch movie. Yeah. Like yeah. every every scene is like its own encapsulated like bit. Uh, it's... And you get the structure of like he had a hard childhood with full of trauma. His trauma was accidentally cutting his brother in half with a katana, <laughs> a machete, a machete. Yeah, and like then you have his his rise to fame and his he succumbs to addiction and his fall from fame and his comeback at the end of his life. And it's just so perfectly stupid. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then also, but what also makes it great is that the the songs in the movie are legitimately great. Yeah, they're very good songs. <laughs> like the song Walk Hard is like, if Johnny Cash had been alive and like recorded it himself, I'd have been like, that's a great Johnny Cash song. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like in his era where he was covering Hurt and shit. Yeah, yeah. like on an American Recordings album with Rick Rubin and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Yeah, Rock Hard, it's it's a tremendously funny movie. It's got all of your favorite comedic actors of the time. And Jack White as Elvis. True, which, no thanks. Yeah, no. He's great as... I I like his little bit as Elvis. That's the thing. A little bit of that guy goes a really long way. (laughs) He's great, though, in that movie. Uh, I mean, all the performances are absolutely top-notch. And what I love is they don't... When they have a real person, they don't try in any way to cast someone that looks like that person. Absolutely not. The closest they get is Jason Schwartzman as Ringo Starr. Yeah. You know, and that's only because all drummers have a similar have look. that look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah cause uh, was it Jack Black pay, plays? Jack Black Paul, is uh, Paul, Paul McCartney. McCartney. <laughs> um, Paul Rudd is John Paul Rudd Lennon. Is John Lennon. Justin Long is George Harrison, and yeah, yeah Jason Schwartzman is, is Ringo, Ringo. Starr. And I guess this specifically pulls into sharp relief. Uh, we're living in a post. We are the Ricardos world, right? Where they just staple a big. Lucille Ball mask onto the face of Nicole Kidman. <laughs> and it's just like, I wish you hadn't bothered. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. every every biopic movie uh, strives in some way to fool you into thinking you're watching the real person. And I just, like, don't. Don't bother. You're making a weird, uncanny valley that just, like, looks too clean in a lot of ways. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It just yeah. it, it doesn't look right. Yeah, actually, so I'll, that's a great choice, Walk Hard. And I won't go in, that's going to lead me into mine, because uh, my pick for biopic is Rocket Man, the Elton John, uh, like, uh, the fantasy musical so, version just, of his you're life. You're pronouncing it weird. What is it? Rocket Man. Rock it man. Yeah, Rocket Man. Yeah, Rock it man. man. No, it's not about Herbie Hancock in the making of his video <laughs> Rocket. It's Rocket Man. Yeah, Rock It. Man. All right. Anyways, <laughs> the point I was trying to make is Rocket Man uh, is a uh, a fantastical, like fantasy version of Elton John's life. It's absolutely beautiful. Was that uh, Joel Edgerton? No, uh, Taryn Edgerton. Edgerton. Taryn Edgerton there plays Elton John, yeah. uh, like from uh, Eggsy from the uh, first two Kingsman movies. He is amazing. It's Elton John. He does all his own singing. 
Um, and like <laughs> he does all his own stunts. <laughs> well, no, right. All the cocaine is his. He I mean, put on that Donald Duck costume. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of like look. Here's this is the point I was gonna get to was that so uh, Rocket Man came out a year after Bohemian Rhapsody, and Bohemian Rhapsody goes and cleans up at the Oscars because somebody put Rami Malek in Freddie Mercury they gave him drag. Weird teeth. Yeah, they put him in Freddie Mercury drag, and he did a very good job of watching performance footage of Freddie Mercury and mimicking that performance footage while lip-syncing songs. That movie is the most boring, lame, bullshit biopic I've ever seen. <laughs> and it like it's very clearly partially directed by Brian Singer, who left slash was fired in the middle of it and had to be picked up by a whole different guy, Dexter Fletcher, to be finished, and it's a goddamn mess. Then, they were like, Dexter Flesher, you saved Bohemian Rhapsody for us. Would you like to direct Rocket Man? And he goes, you're goddamn right I would. <laughs> and he fucking rocks it out of the park. Rocket Man is a beautiful tribute to the life and career of Elton John, while not like super glossing over a lot of his shit. Like, Elton John fucks dudes. Elton John kisses dudes. It takes a while because it took him a while in real life yeah. to like get to that point. Elton he John was, had a wife. I was, well, yeah, I was going to say. He, and then he was also almost married to a lady at another point in his life till someone saved someone saved his life that night. Yeah, that's, that's right. That man was Long John Baldry, who you will know as the voice of uh, Dr. Robotnik in the 90s Sonic cartoon. Oh, wow. Hell yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he was that all, dude fucking ruled. Yeah. Uh, but Long John, I mean, I don't want to go into it too much. Long John Baldry was one of the few openly gay musicians in England in the late 60s and early 70s. Because back then, being gay in England was still fucking illegal. And you'd right. go to jail for that shit. Yeah, buddy. But he was the person who actually uh, uh, got Elton John to kind of like come out to himself. To like, uh, em like embrace who he was as a person. So, uh, yeah, and he's got the greatest line reading of Chaos Emeralds. That's right. Yeah. He fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, yeah, Rocket Man is my choice. Uh, again, uh, an impeccably cast movie. And like us, like, like Taron Egerton looks like Elton John in the sense that they give him some thinning hair and glasses. <laughs> and that's it. Right? He's in, he's in better shape than Elton John ever was ever. in his entire life. Yeah. Even when, when Elton John was like young and thin, he was still fat, which is you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like, Taren he was never in shape. He yeah. just wasn't always fat. But yeah, but like, Taron Edgerton has got like, fuck, is like ripped because he's also like Eggsy from the Kingsman movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, uh, all the musical numbers are, are fantastic. And again, uh, he, he, he sings all the songs himself. They don't try to make him sound like Elton John. He kind of just sings them his own way. Everyone sings the songs their own way. The honky cat number in that movie is a number that I want to live in and be in for the rest of my life. And it is a crime that that movie didn't get nominated for any, like, all the Oscars and win all of them because fucking Bohemian Rhapsody came out the year before and ruined it. Yeah, they couldn't do it twice. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. really could, and, and it pisses me off. It's an amazing movie. Everyone should go watch Rocket Man. It's a delight, and it ends with a like pitch perfect redo of the I'm Still Standing video. Oh, nice, <laughs> uh, where they kind of just like put like Taron Edgerton like in the video, and like he's doing the little dances and everything, and it's delightful. I will say that is the one conceit of uh, biopics that I do really enjoy when they try to like superimpose the actor into. Yeah, uh, like actually, the things that were like happening. My favorite, yeah. I'm thinking specifically of the uh, the fucking Andy Kaufman movie where mm. they just like 
copy paste Jim Carrey into uh, David Letterman footage. Yeah. No, they didn't. They they very famously in that movie uh, brought David Letterman in to recreate the scene with Jerry Lawler and Jim Carrey. And like the big thing that tells you, I, I, I can't remember, I think this was in the SNL book. They talk about this and they're like, this is the difference between Lorne and like David Letterman. Lorne Michaels is in the Man on the Moon as Lorne Michaels because he was running SNL, Andy Kaufman was on SNL. And Lorne Michaels, when they brought him in, like he comes from an acting background and everything. So he's like, yeah, make me up like 70s. Lorne Michaels got the long hair, he's wearing flip flops, he's dressed like an asshole, he's got like his popcorn, whatever. David Letterman they bring in to do something that's supposed to ostensibly take place like 1983, and it is very clearly 2003, <laughs> short hair, David Letterman, he will not dress up, he won't wear a wig, he won't do anything, he's like, nope, I will show up as now David Letterman, and that's it. That's how it's gonna be. Uh, uh, but yeah, like, oh, shit like that is uh, uh, where they just like, Superimposed people. Oh, yeah. like, there's uh, always that makes me delight. think of uh, Tom Hanks meeting John F. Kennedy in yes. Forrest Gump. Sure. All yeah. the stuff they do in Forrest Gump is All just it, so yeah. yeah. Especially the one reason, like the Dick Cavett show with John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, Rocket Man, go watch it. Uh, so that's gonna do it for this mini episode. Do we have any uh, uh, honorable mentions? Inside Lewin Davis, the best fucking Bob Dylan movie you're ever gonna see. <laughs> Can't be. They can't. You can't have good and Bob Dylan unless the next word is cover. Oh, the Coen Brothers find a way. <laughs> I dare you to watch the Please, Mr. Kennedy scene and not just like fall in love with that fucking movie. <laughs> it's it's one of those movies like it's like one of those late period Coen movies like a serious man that is like you're watching it and you're like is this funny? Yeah. <laughs> or is this yeah. sad? Oh, it's both. Yeah, <laughs> it's both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Like, because oh, like, the, but the the Justin Timberlake, Adam Driver, oh, and Oscar Isaac, please, Mr. Kennedy sequence is so is good, <laughs> buddy. It's, I'm grateful for the job, but who wrote this? I did. Oh, <laughs> and it's great, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Adam Driver going oh, <laughs> is a delight. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's gonna do it for uh, for this mini sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And when you see us next, we'll be discussing Lethal Weapon Two Ooh. for the final installment of Into the Bromleyverse. <laughs> no, Jesus. <laughs> He's not in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Please. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts from, and leave us a rating and review. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.